Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. With GMs at this week's NHL Combine, could we expect an announcement on the new VGK head coach soon? Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco, and you could follow us at Lockdown VGK on both Twitter and YouTube. Still having some issues with our YouTube channel. It'll be up very soon. Myself at Tony Dasco again on Twitter, and Chris Golick at TD Chris G on Twitter. Thanks for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen each and every day. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. And Chris, uh, you also made an appearance on another podcast this past week. Oh, yeah, they uh, they put that up. I got to go find that. Uh, yeah, we were talking uh, just kind of some fantasy uh, hockey hockey uh, stuff with um, the crew over at Fantasy Hockey Life. And I was uh, giving a lot of um, this or that type of players and which player is more likely to have more points out of a bunch and um, just – Give some positive, mostly positive insight into uh, the world of VGK hockey and what they didn't tell me. So it, it was audio only, but we had the video on so we can see each other. And was it Justin or Victor? I forgot which gentleman it was. Dude had a Sharks background. He's a Sharks fan. They did not tell me this in any of our DMs you saw. They did not release any of that information. I had just gotten back from the hockey rink with my kid, a little winded, a little tired, and all of a sudden I see this, I'm like, really? But beyond that, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. I, I love fantasy football, so talking fantasy hockey was a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, just another thing that gets us one step closer to uh, the next season. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, this past week we saw Emily Kaplan reporting that a deal with Barry Trotz could already be in place for the Golden Knights. She said also that the league's general managers are convening in Buffalo for the NHL combine this week. And perhaps we might see some movement during the course of this week. Who knows? A lot of the conversations there between teams and perhaps some trade wins will be flowing as well. Some trade talks, but the focal point again, could there be an announcement coming up for the VGK uh, sometime soon with all of the other GMs there. And perhaps again, they're not going to do much business. I don't believe as far as interviews and signing a contract and everything else here in Las Vegas, because they don't want to leave a path. Uh, very few media members are back there in Buffalo right now. I think it could be the perfect time. Yeah, no doubt, Tony. I think I set my over under last week in one of our shows for this Friday for a coach to be in place. So we're kind of uh, stepping on that territory right now. And if they're talking, uh, talking some business over in Buffalo, then we might, uh, have a shot for something, uh, you know, to happen, you know, between the Y balance and the functional movement screen and the bench press and the pull-ups and the Wingate test. When all that's happening, just maybe uh, they'll have some time to talk some business about the upcoming season. And it's not even just about getting a coach in place, but a lot of things need to happen with the roster and such. So you might get some early pre-trade talk and things like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, maybe this is the unofficial start of uh, the 22-23 campaign. And uh, I have in my poll by Friday that the deliberations in the Johnny Depp 
Amber Heard in that trial. Oh my goodness! What, uh, what, the what, trial talk about a, talk about finished. a clown show. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about a little bit more about the actual combine too, uh, because a lot of fans we have not seen a combine, I believe, since 2019 due to the pandemic. And so I would have to imagine, though, during that couple of years span, it had to be very difficult to evaluate players. But some of the things, so over the course of the five days, we could dig into this just a little bit more because fans might not be aware of what happens and how the NHL draft combine differs from that of the NBA or the NFL or some of the other major sports. But uh, again, they do the interview process like we know, like they do in the other sports. But a lot of the uh, physical tests that uh, the players have to take, they're put on stationary bikes. And there's one thing I think you were saying it's called the Wingate, and you have 30 seconds to pedal as fast as they can. And then there's another bike test as well, uh, too, to see about resistance training and all of that. It's it's pretty interesting in how it differs from that of the other major sports. So I'm, I'm borrowing this right now from Bar Down, which got this from NHL.com. You ready, Tony? Check this out. Okay. There's a 50-50 chance of a 20-foot python who hasn't eaten in five months in the hallway. There's five of us in the room. Which one's getting out of there? The look on my kid's face right now. You should see this, Tony. Um, so they, they do, just like the NFL, they do the wacky interviews and stuff, and they want to get a get a glimpse into, um, I hate to use the term mental state, but I can't think of anything better. They want to get a glimpse into the 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 mind of the players to see kind of where their head is at on some things. And again, we're talking babies right now. We're talking, you know, 16, 18, 20 year olds, and they're going to start asking uh, some strange questions so they can get a vibe on what their locker room uh, interactions are going to be like. But yeah, on top of the interview, I'm sure I can find some more fun questions later, but it's, it seems fun. I mean, this is a good opportunity for everyone to get together maybe another step that the pandemic and all this nonsense is just that much farther behind us. And they get to see these athletes uh, doing all sorts of different uh, strength and conditioning and endurance testing. And then the uh, scouts have the, you know, almighty job, if you will, of uh, putting all these players up on a whiteboard and debating and discussing them. And, you know, I'm thinking back uh, about the Oakland athletics who are hopefully on their way to Vegas sometime soon. And, uh, you know, stuff, um, the, the scene when they're all in the, the room talking about players and such. And then uh, Jonah Hill says he gets on base and basically tells all the scouts that they don't know what they're talking about. And yeah, I'm going off, uh, going off on a limb right now, but I'm having some fun this morning. But yeah, seems like it's going to be a fun time ahead. And um, this is the start of the 22-23 season, which is something all Vegas fans should be looking for because we got to put last year behind us. Right. And, uh, you know, there's uh, pull-ups, like some of the traditional things. They have uh, agility tests like the shuttle. Uh, Their bench press is pretty much based on body weight. So, like, if you're, say, 150 pounds, you only need to bench press 120 pounds, I think, as much as you possibly can. And I think right in the NFL, like, I think you have to bench press a certain amount of weight. Uh, regardless, like two and a quarter, whatever it is. And they have long jumps and they have all these other uh, agility tests, uh, so so to speak. And um, there's something called the grip strength um, with a hand grip, a hand grip 
dynameter, you know, that it, it che- checks out your hand size like it would a, an NFL quarterback. And then they have to squeeze this thing as hard as they can. And it's just so much different from anything we've seen in all the other leagues and all of their combines. It definitely feels like the offseason right now, Tony. Definitely feels like the offseason. It feels like VGK hasn't played hockey in about uh, a month right now. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, so, we'll, so we'll, get, would, we'll get through this. We'll get through it. Um, who would be able yeah. to pedal the fastest if uh, on the VGK team? Okay, okay, this is fun. Who would be able to, to pedal the fastest in that Wingate test where you have, what, 20 seconds to see how many rotations you could make? Who would that be? Because it's not Jack Eichel. I think a lot of the obvious uh, choices might be Eichel because he just he but he glides. He doesn't like move his feet as no, fast. This, like this, is, this is an easy one, Tony. This this is your MVP. OK, it's, Ch- it's Chandler Stevenson. He, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to take the fastest guy on the team here and, uh, you know, run with that. So. All right, Tony. So I'm going to ask you. You ready? Mm-hmm. VO2 max test. This is where they ride the bike and the resistance increases. Who can last the longest? This isn't just about speed, but more or less endurance. Who can last the longest and still have strength after the fact? Who do you think? That could be Eichel very easily, okay. but it could also be a healthy Mark Stone. Aha. Uh-huh. I, I like that's That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I think um, it could be Mark. Okay, who can do the most pull-ups? Who can do? Jonathan Marches, so he weighs 110 pounds soaking wet. Okay, so Marcheseau probably only has to bench press 90 pounds. <laughs> so the, the Y balance, this is where they stand on one leg and extend the other in three directions. It's almost, just by looking at the picture, I'm, I'm looking at on from the Inquirer, not, not the National Inquirer. But <laughs> what are you reading over like there? The, are you, like the you're reading about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I started once you said that. I, I, I didn't pay attention to what happened yesterday, and I'm about 10% tuned into the podcast right now, but... The Y balance basically looks like they're doing a skating drill where they are not wearing skates and they have a foot planted. They're extending their feet behind them and such like that. So I guess my question to you, based on watching the VGK skaters, which skater has the best form? Which skater? It Easily. almost looks that's like. Easy. That's high cool. Yeah, that's high cool. Easily. I, I was going to, I started taking you down the Eichel path. I was hoping I was going to steer you away from that. Cause uh, you don't, you want me to, to say Dodonoff to one of the, you want me to, the answer to not every answer to every question is Dodonoff. Okay. No, it's, it's a ship, Vladimir, uh, ship, ship a check, right. From uh, season number one, the, the first golden night to, to recover. Uh, yeah. Or to, um, to retire. I'd like to see, I'd like to see some of these test results, you know, and how they fare. I want to see video. Yeah, how some of the VGK, you know, who really did well, I, I, I want to say, and probably in the resistance area, do you remember, it might have been season one, and they sent the TV crew back to Sweden with William Carlson, mm-hmm. and actually he did some pretty good drills for them, they yep. showed him training in the offseason, he might be pretty decent in that area, um, the long jump, the standing long jump, that's a tough one. Uh, it wouldn't be Robin Leonard. Oh, you had to. <laughs> you had to. You had to. Who who could have who could do the longest jump on the team here? Let's uh Pacioretty. I I like Pacioretty's strength. Right. But he's not 
as big as like a McNabb and such, and he has some quickness. So I think Pacioretty can jump the farthest on the Golden Knights. Yeah, they have some other things like the inline lunge, shoulder mobility. Um, yeah, Leonard would not pass that either because he has a bum shoulder. Uh, they have deep squats. They have trunk stability push-ups. So many different things. But back to you know what we were talking about with all the general managers there at the NHL Combine roundabout way. Um, they discussed, do you think there's discussions about trades and everything else that's going on in the business? I mean, what do you think could possibly or potentially uh, come out of the NHL draft combine with the general managers this week? I mean, I'm thinking, and the winter meetings in in MLB are a little bit different because everything is open. They're open for business at that point, and a lot of deals are made during the winter meetings. I think this might be more of a condensed version of that. Anytime you have multiple GMs in the room, or high-level people who are involved in the decision-making and roster composition of a team, they just can't help themselves to talk business. I mean, that's that's what they do. And I'm sure there's some tire kicking going on. I'm sure there's – I know there's probably some limitations on what, they're, what they can and can't say to each other, so they might have their own kind of coy language, if you will, when they're talking about players or talking about, hey, what are you looking to build on in the offseason? And then, you know, GMB says, oh, we're really looking for, you know – you know, a speed and strength type player and, you know, a, a bottom six type. And then, you know, what, how, how does your roster look this season? And then that's when the other GM might say, oh, well, we have an abundance of this position. We might be looking, you know, and, and stuff like that. I'm, I'm sure to some degree that type of verbiage is happening between GMs. Um, but yeah, it's um, kind of curious to see what comes out of this and if there's any changes based on, um, the you know your top ten or twelve prospects based on their physicality and based on the interview questions and all of that and if any of this really matters too I mean this just might be more or less an opportunity for the GMs and the scouts just to have that face to face interaction at this point their decision I mean they've been scouting these players for how long I don't know how much this stuff can change a whole lot uh, I think there's only what ninety something prospects there so I mean that's not very big prospect pool in the grand scheme of things when you factor all the colleges or players from juniors that don't have teams and you know players from overseas 90 prospects is not that big of a number I know Jack Eichel because I'm sure we're looking at the same article right now Jack Eichel participated he still looks the same then as he does as he does now in those pictures anyway he hasn't aged a minute um but yeah I'll be curious to see what the reports are coming out next week and more importantly you know there has to be some coach talk happening right now. We're getting, I mean, how can there not be a coach in place now? Like this is, this is the weird thing for me. We are looking for not just the, you know, this coming year's team, but the future of the team and whatever coach comes in, I don't think they're looking at this team now and saying, what's this team going to do this year? I think they're evaluating what the team will look like, you know, a couple of years down the road. Although the way things go here in Vegas, they should only be looking about two and a half years down the road because Whoever uh, gets hired in the next week or so, about this time, 2024, they're going to be uh, looking for a new job. Coming up next, uh, we're going to take a look at the Western Conference final, a high-scoring affair. Chris's favorite goalie, Mike Smith, was run. He was yanked after 25 minutes. You're listening to Locked On Golden Knights. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, 
It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure the pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter uh, the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time, save money when using Rock Auto. And Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers with the ever-increasing numbers, again, of all these makes and models. They have everything that you need, all of your auto parts, including brake parts, tail lamps, uh, motor oil, and even new carpeting. Go explore their easy-to-use website. You could find the solution for all of your auto parts needs. It's pretty simple. Just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On on their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Once again, rockauto.com. And then when you go there, you can check out all of the available parts for your car, for your truck, for your vehicle. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights, and thanks for making us your first lesson each and every day. And uh, for your second lesson, make sure that you check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. So, Chris, the Colorado Avalanche, off to that one game to none lead in the Western Conference Final last night, we saw the second most goals in a conference final game. It was an 8-6 to six abs win over the Oilers. It also tied with the eight goals, the highest amount of goals that the Avalanche have scored in a playoff game, and I should say in a Western Conference uh, Final or Conference Final. Your favorite goalie, Mike Smith, pulled after just 25 minutes of game time. Uh, but before we get into that, Let's talk about the turning point goal, okay, Mr. Referee? Uh, The shot that went past Smith at the end of the first period and people today still debating whether or not Kale McCarr was offside. (laughs) So let's look at this a couple different ways. First and foremost, many former referees have come out and explained exactly why this was the right call. Anyone who is higher up with a high level of understanding of the rules has unanimously put their support for the right call being made. So here's what happened. Here's how the rule works and maybe a, a separate example. Offsides. If you are in possession of the puck as you cross the blue line and there is another player already inside the offensive zone once that player touches the puck or is deemed in possession of the puck at that point is when offsides happens there's a face off uh, at the uh, at the high zone uh, dot outside the blue line what happens here McCarr gets the puck McCarr reads that there is an avalanche attacker inside the zone McCarr makes contact with the puck outside the offensive zone the puck crosses the crosses into the offensive zone. McCarr is still onside. The puck is inside the offensive zone. McCarr waits for that player to clear. 
resumes his possession of the puck, takes it in, and, you know, Mike Smith uh, let in probably not that great of a goal, but that's not what we're talking about right now. The other example here, and this is why it's kind of hard for people to understand the rules sometimes. So if I am skating backwards, and, and yes, I can skate backwards for those of you laughing right now, but if I am skating backwards, if I accept a pass while I am outside the offensive zone, the puck is now in front of me, I'm skating backwards with my back towards the goal I eventually want to score on. If I retain possession of that puck as I cross the line, my body can cross into the offensive zone first as long as I am in possession of the puck. So that's where the rule gets a bit wonky and fuzzy because I saw other people putting out video. Well, why is this allowed to happen? And this is it's like not understanding the rule. It doesn't matter. I get what everyone's saying, but the interpretation of the verbiage of the rules, the only thing that matters here, and the fact that McCarr gave up possession momentarily, that this, that's, that's what the interpretation was, McCarr gave up possession momentarily while waiting for the other player to cross the line. So based on everything that's written, it is a good goal. If you want to argue the rule and the spirit of the rule, fine, go right ahead. That's something the NHL can do in the offseason. But 100% the right call. Uh, give give um, McCarr some major kudos for having the, um, the, just the thought process and ability to see what was happening in such a high-pressure moment, in such a fast moment, and just, you know, hold not for a second and putting one of the uh, 1,612 goals up that was on the board last night. So eight goals for the Colorado Avalanche. We turn back the clock to May the 30th of 2021 against the Golden Knights. Remember that explosive uh, performance by the Avalanche? Uh, after they swept the Blues in four games, Abs come in second round against Vegas. Seven to one, they beat the Golden Knights. And that was the game in which uh, Nathan McKinnon and Landeskog, they each scored a couple of goals apiece. And Kale McCarr, aforementioned, with four points in that game as we turn back the clock a little bit. But this was such an explosive performance uh, by the Avalanche, but they just could not put away a very pesky Edmonton Oilers team. And not until we saw that empty net goal, and even on the other end, uh, we had a, a chance to see this game tied up, but not until the empty netter uh, was this game really put away. I thought you were going to turn back the clock to season one. It was the very first Nevada day. Seven nothing. I was there. So that was game? I. Okay, who got the shut up? <laughs> I was there, but I was. Okay. I, I, Oscar Dansk. Oscar Dansk. Dansk. Holy smokes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, another, I, another goal. I you let go you too. Me another goal you let go too soon. Um, I was, I was studying my Wonderlick test, you know, for, okay, go ahead. <laughs> I was doing my interview. All right. Anyway, so let's, let's look at a couple things right now. Number one, I did state that Colorado has some pierces in their armor right now. Now they have another pierce, uh, possibly, uh, you know, a young netminder, uh, Pavel Fran, Franz Tuz, might be the man for a little bit, as he was in the first series against Nashville. Edmonton is a much different team than Nashville as far as going, as far as scoring chances go. To your comparison, yes, Colorado absolutely blew Vegas out of the water in last season's uh, conference semifinal, 
And then game two, closer game, Vegas loses in overtime. I know there was a call that was made that probably, you know, screwed Vegas over a little bit, but whatever. Vegas goes on to win four straight and advance to the conference final. Don't write Edmonton off. Don't write Mike Smith off. I'm I'm having a shift of wins right now, Tony. I've been dogging Mike Smith all playoffs, but look what happened last series, last round against Calgary. He didn't even make it 10 minutes into that game, gets yanked, and has a solid series after that. He looked very good after, you know, after getting pulled and shaken up a little bit as far as, you know, just giving a ton of goals up. And then the game slows down. Colorado's not going to slow down, I don't think. But give Mike Smith some credit. Hopefully that Edmonton can make some adjustments and not give up eight goals. I, I mentioned yesterday that the race for to determine who's going to win these games is which goalie can stop the other team from scoring four goals. Maybe I should have raised that number for stopping from scoring five <laughs> or six goals. But point being one of these goalies just simply has to step up a little bit. I made the comment yesterday that the series was not all the skill players on the ice. It was Mike Smith versus Darcy Kemper. Maybe now it's going to be Miko Koskinen against, against Pavel Fran- Francouz for all we know, but point being everything that matters happens in the nets on both sides. You know, there's going to be attempts, you know, there's going to be chances. Uh, I'd be careful folks. If you're sitting you know, right behind the goal anywhere in the first like two or three rows because you should bring some sunscreen because that red light's going to be going on a lot, I think. Yeah, and the total on last night's game was six and a half, but you had to lay minus 140 to take the over. I would bet like minus 200 if they post that number again. Like, that's ridiculous. Well, but they played three they times. They off six and a half. Tony? Uh-huh. They had three games. None of the games went over six. Interesting. Yeah. So I get it. And, you know, you look at why these lines go out there. I mean, that was a square bet taking the over last night. That was every amateur saying, look at all the goals that are scoring. The over has to hit. <laughs> well, sometimes Vegas gets it wrong. <laughs> well, I, I predicted a nine to seven final on yesterday's show. But uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. I mean, you look at some of these players. Um, Kadri had nine shots on goal in the game. Uh, he had a, he had one goal. Uh I just was looking at some of the numbers and, you know, for Connor McDavid, just a couple of shots on goal. He had one goal and two assists. Uh, they're just so productive. You know, when you look at him and you look at McKinnon um, and then uh, we saw McKinnon last night, a goal and an assist uh, and his plus minus was one. He had four shots on goal, but it's going to, it's got to come down to the goalkeepers and Kemper with the lower body injury. We don't know what his status is. Uh, but he gives up three goals on 16 shots. Francis, uh, three goals on 21 shots. On the other end, between the pipes, Koskinen had uh, just one goal against. He did a pretty good job as he faced 21 shots. And, of course, your man, Mike Smith, uh, six goals on 25 shots. And his save percentage is like .760. I think. <laughs> it's not going to get it done. Uh, so do you foresee another high scoring affair? We, we had talked yesterday. Oh, these teams are going to probably make adjustments. No, they just wanted to go and skate up and down the open ice. This looked like the NHL all-star game when they used to play like the five on fives and the, the goalie would just get out of the way. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sitting here saying, you know, from a betting perspective, don't think like a square. That's not how you, how you're ever going to make money. Um, 
What number is going to be up so there? So Vegas total? adjusted. Vegas is adjusted. We're looking at a, an over under of seven, and you got to lay a lay a, a buck forty to, to win a buck. So I mean, Vegas has definitely uh, adjusted the vig as well as uh, the total for tomorrow's game. Seven. That's so much. I'm not surprised they had put a seven and a half out there the way it's been going, and you know, keep the juice down a little bit. But maybe that'll be what what happens for game number three. So just thinking back to a few different things, your point, Vegas gets blown out game one, they adjust and it was a low scoring affair game two. Let's go back to, I want to say season number one and season two, I believe. So we played uh, the Sharks both years um, in the first and second round, or I'm sorry, in our first and second season, we played the Sharks in the playoffs. And if I'm not, if I recall season number one, that was the game where Alex Tuck went bonkers. I think they beat him like seven, nothing or seven to one. And then San Jose comes back and wins game two in overtime. And I believe San Jose in season two, if I recall, they got us pretty strong in game number one. And then VGK railed off three wins in a row. So now we're going to see what these coaches are made of. Uh, Woodcroft, I believe is uh, the, the gentleman's name. Who's, who's leading the Oilers right now. And now is his moment to see what adjustment can be made um, with, you know, with which goalie that's, you know, to be determined, I guess. And not, not which goalie he's going to put out there, but, you know, is Kemper going to be out there for game number two? I mean, there's a lot of question marks in this series right now. We know there's plenty of talents. Can we keep it, you know, the, the total goal scored under 10 at some points? I mean, the games, like, both teams are kind of feeling each other out a little bit. And then, of course, my other guy, Evander Kane, just takes off and goes. And, you know, and then the floodgates were open. So, a lot of fun, hard to predict, a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, can't wait for uh, for uh, Rangers-Lightning tonight. Yeah, that's uh, coming up next. We'll take a look at that game, the matchup, and the two top goalies, perhaps, in the game, Shesty and Vassy, the Eastern Conference Final you're listening to Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. We are free and available. Well, the podcast is wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> so the Lightning are attempting, uh, Chris, to become the first team since the 81-82 New York Islanders when I was just a wee little kid to win three straight Stanley Cups. And uh, this is uh, a team, a powerhouse team. Uh, they lost the season series to the Rangers, uh, three to nothing. What a phenomenal job by that coaching staff in Tampa. Um, when you look at uh, the third line, right? I was just looking at this yesterday. And I know that Barkley Goodrow, you know, is now with the Rangers. But they lost the entire third line. Yanni Gord went to Seattle. Uh, Blake Coleman went to the Flames. Yeah, to the Flames. And they they just keep rebuilding. And again, everything is built around their goalie. Right now, I would have to say that Vasilevsky has the edge as far as goaltenders go. Shesterkin has had some issues, you know, uh, back and forth. And um, he's facing a lot of shots. I, I hope that the New York Rangers block 20 or more shots like they did in game seven against the Canes, but uh, they're going to have to have a big performance out of their goaltender. Uh, both teams do, and that could be the deciding factor should be in this uh, best of seven series, which starts tonight at Madison square garden. 
There's one one betting angle I liked in tonight's game. Take the Rangers first period. Uh, Rangers are, I mentioned this last night, they're in rhythm. Uh, they've been on a day, off a day, on a day, off a day. And they get to keep the same rhythm. They're going to be at home in front of their home crowd. They're going to come out. I think they're going to come out of this game extremely aggressive. And I think they're going to look to, you know, put up a two spot in that first period and just get ahead of Tampa and uh, force Tampa to play from behind. Um, I honestly, I feel that the Stanley cup final is happening right now in the East Colorado, Edmonton, they can score their great teams, but give me two teams that have a one goaltending and solid defense. And also you got two coaches who have been pretty deep in the playoffs before, obviously Cooper, uh, with back-to-back cups and Gallant has been deep in the playoffs as well, as we all know here in Vegas, um, I like the Rangers in this series. I like the Rangers having home ice advantage. And I don't have much of a handicapping perspective on it beyond the fact that I just think Tampa's run has to end. This hasn't been done, you know, like you, like you said, since the Islanders, who actually went, you know, went four in a row. Um, so I'm just simply playing the numbers here. Tampa's a great team. I just at some point, the engine has to stop churning. They played so many games in the last, you know, two and a half, three seasons now. Rangers are younger. Rangers, I think, are a bit hungrier. And I think you're going to have that, you know, it's going to be a nice um, a nice push and pull, if you will, watching the youth and excitement from the Rangers, how far that can potentially trump the experience and veteran leadership uh, from Tampa. And I, I can't wait for that series to start. So that's going to be a little more old, old school. I'll go out on a limb and not predict 14 goals scored in this game. All right. Gerard Gallant yesterday, uh, you know, and talking about his team, because, of course, one of the concerns is the quick turnaround where you have Tampa that's had, what, nearly 10 days off now uh, before the start of this series. And the Rangers following back-to-back seven-game series just have to have that quick turnaround. Uh, Gallant said, you know, we've played 14 games in 28 days. He said, we've eliminated practices. Like, why even waste time? He said, I just want my team to go out there and have fun. And I'll tell you what, there is a groundswell of support here in Las Vegas for Gerard Gallant. It's unbelievable the amount of people that are just pointing toward Gallant and more or less dissing the VGK front office. No doubt. I mean, this is, you know... What's happened in Vegas, this is the worst case scenario as far as, uh, you know, looking at McCrimmon and McPhee and Foley for what he's allowed to happen. I think we could safely go out on another limb and say VGK would be in a better spot than they are currently in if Gallant would have still been the coach of this team. It's easy to say that now, and I'm not I'm not downing DeBoer. I like DeBoer. I, I don't mind DeBoer. I think the situation was wrong from the word go for him. And I think, you know, we've talked about interference from the front office and all the other things that we are, you know, assuming are taking place. But, hey, good for Gallant. I hope he wins. And what will be nice is he won't throw any shade at Vegas. He won't make any comments about, yeah, you shouldn't have fired me. Like, that's not who he is by any means. Very classy guy. And, that's why we like him here. We appreciate Gallant. And 
how cool would it be next season when your Rangers come to T-Mobile and uh, all of a sudden Gallant just gets a st- another standing, you know, gets a standing ovation for being a cup winner. How cool would that be? Yeah. What do you want to see in this series as far as the rough stuff? Corey Perry against Ryan Reeves? <laughs> Corey Perry is smart. Wouldn't that be fun? Corey, the only thing Corey Perry might do is grab his stick when he's going off for a line change. He's he's known to do some fun of stuff course. like that. I like Corey Perry. He's fun. I can see Corey Perry and Reeves maybe messing around in warm-ups because Corey Perry loves to launch the puck and the other team's net right as he's skating off and he does a little celebration. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Reeves maybe kind of hanging out and you know defending the garden, if you will. And waiting for Perry to get off the ice before uh, before he leaves. That that could that could be a lot of fun if that happens. That could be fun. Shesty, release us. That's the best <laughs> thing I've ever seen. I mean, I, I miss Shesty Reeves. doesn't even he I'm, doesn't I'm even saying, speak a word of English. Reeves. I miss Reeves. <laughs> I wonder if Shesty even knows what he's saying or understands. Uh, again, there's <laughs> been a number of players on the Lightning uh, that were former Rangers over the years, and uh, one remains. It's uh, Ryan McDonough. Uh, he is still with the Lightning. We'll see another reunion as well. And that will be Pierre Edward Belmar versus Ryan Reeves and Gerard Glant. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, uh, and he's been one of the all time VGK killers when he comes back to visit here. No I doubt. Know. I remember he's, he scored like in his, in his comeback game, like what, a minute in or 30 seconds in? It was crazy. There's another player that loved this city, right? And sort of no got doubt. dissed. And I'm sure he's still bitter about Las Vegas as well. Uh, we thank you all for tuning in. Uh, thanks for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first lesson each and every day. And, of course, for your second lesson, make sure that you check out Lockdown NHL. They've got all the latest updates. They cover the playoffs. Lockdown NHL, hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. From Las Vegas, for my man, Chris Golick. I am Tony Cardasco. We'll see you once again tomorrow right here on Locked On Golden Knights.